Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. All right, now the first, let me just go ahead and prophesy to the church. God gave me a vision of Gloria making bread, and she makes bread. Uh, and uh, and don't don't uh, get them back early. Just right to last. I mean, don't. All right. I, and uh, she had the dough rose up. You know how you make the dough and do stuff to it, and you leave it alone, sitting on top of the stove with a little bit of heat somewhere, and the dough rises up, and and then you take it out. And the first thing you do, I said, I think it looks so pretty, and you take it out, and Gloria goes in this kind of Presbyterian way. Boom. <laughs> And it's obviously she never gets to do that. You know, it's not polite to do that except to the bread. But she let, she'd let the bread have it and whew, all the air goes out. And uh, God says that that's happened already. And that God has, you rose up nice and pretty. The, the word was the leaven and you rose up. But now for many of you, God has come and gone, poof, knocked the air right out of you. What you thought you was, you found out you weren't. What you thought you were going to do, because you had your plans and your career plans. You had decided this is what I want to be. And, and you got it all going and the dough is rising and you look good. And then God comes along, poof, like Gloria. And all of a sudden you realize, what was what was I going to do? I was what? I was going to be a preacher? What? What? No, no, that's obvious. No, no. Well, a prophet? No, no, I wasn't. No, I, I don't know now. I don't know. I thought I had some maturity, but now I realize I've been poofed by the Holy Spirit. And i got to refigure this thing out. And you figure out you have to take your career plans and toss them because God's got other ideas. All right. Now, in the second part of this vision, the, the dough was a flattened lump, and I saw God take one of those little fancy things they use, you know, with a little blade and like on a TV cooking show, and he cut the thing in four pieces. Then each one was formed into another loaf and began to grow and come up again with the second yeast, whatever, rising. The second rising. This church is going to quadruple in the next two years. And it's already been poofed. That's a technical term now. It's already been poofed. And it's been, it's been quartered. And so God says, get ready. The infrastructure needs to be scalable. Y'all may, some may know what that means, but you have to plan whatever you're doing now. You have to, in the back of your mind, you have to go, this is going to quadruple in size. What I'm doing now, what I'm planning now has to work when it's four times bigger. Oh, my Lord. Okay, so that's the word for the church. Two years, quadruple. A lot of work coming up. This is a lot of work. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need some water for sure. Water. You can tell I'm from North Carolina. Water. 
water. They just laugh at me. Up north, the Yankees laugh at me. You want some water, Michael? You mean some water? <laughs> All right, so I want to talk for a few minutes um, real quick. I'm just double-checking the time. Pastor told me I had to quit by a certain time. I told him I didn't want to, but. I'm just lying. I'm, I'm lying. I, I told him, don't ever tell a prophet, take as long as you want. You just don't do that. Just tell him to stop at a certain time. All right, I want to talk about Joseph for just a few minutes. I have a prophetic message for you. It's for this church. And um, you need to pray for yourself. And pray for me. Pray for me that I would tell it right. Pray for yourself that you'd be able to hear it. Because uh, I'm going to challenge some thinking. Story of Joseph. I'm in Genesis 37. Uh, uh, two through four, and I'm using the uh, English Standard Version, the um, the one that God really wrote. No, that's no, that's not. <laughs> well, I was in a church one time that said this: only the King James, and if you weren't using the King James, don't don't bring it in the building. I've been there. All right, Joseph was the favorite son, and he was set up for jealousy. Why was he the favorite son? God decided he was going to be. Poor old Joseph. And he was set up for jealousy. Now let's start there. I ran into a fella who would never say what God had done for him because he came out of a culture that valued jealousy. So he wouldn't say what God had done because he didn't want anybody else to be jealous of him. How about that? My God said to me, tell what I've done. Declare it. When I show up and pay that note off or when I show up and do this, or we didn't have any money one time and this guy was showed up with buckets and buckets of tomatoes and beans and put them on the side porch and run. We had just started serving God and we're full-time. And the stuff would just come in on the side porch. And if it wasn't there, it would be in the post office box uptown in Fuquay. It's the last thing I kept from my old business and was the post office box. And there'd be money in there. I, no money. I would eat breakfast, no food, no, no money. And I'd go up to the, well, let me go to the post office box. And I'd open it up and I'd reach in and just feel around. And there'll be a check in there. Just every time there was money. And then I think, well, other people, ha- these people have so much struggle, and I'm just going up, and it's tough, but I have to go up and open up the mailbox. It's a lot of work. <laughs> and, and I felt like, I can't just go, these people having struggle, I can't just say, God put money in the mailbox. But God said, he, well, actually, what he did was, I bless you, you declare the blessing. Whatever it is, if God blesses you, speak it. If you don't speak it, you're not worshiping God. Let God be worshipped in who He is and in what He does. 
And not only that, but thank you, Jesus, He put money in my mailbox. Thank you, Jesus. I can't believe this is who my God is. And I see that brother back there going, who's he think he is? I'm thinking, I don't think I'm anything. If I thought I was something, I wouldn't want to tell you God had to give me money. I tell you, I earned that. I was so smart, I earned that. I got my degree, and I'm somewhere, and I'm doing this, and, and I earned that, and I don't need God to give me money. No. We figured out I need God to give me money. And so when He gives me money, I'm going to, be, I'm going to declare it. I'm going to say this is who my God is. One time, my dear wife was suffering, had suffered for five years with an incurable heart disease. And uh, God healed her. Mahesh Chavda prayed for her. Crazy. He's crazy. He's crazy. This little Indian guy that got saved on the road when Jesus met him on the road. He was a Hindu. And Jesus said, I'm the one. You've been looking for something, but I'm the one. Now Mahesh, he's a little Indian guy, and he's not strong. He's, he's worked, just torn his body up with 40-day fast, multiple 40-day fasts. And uh, so he's praying for glory, and didn't he pray a good prayer? Preached a terrible sermon. <laughs> we did. We were sitting through the sermon because we knew he was going to call her out for heart trouble. He goes all the way through the meeting. He's praying for people, never calls her out. Never calls out heart trouble, but she goes up anyway, and he just looks at her and says, well, whatever you're doing in that sister, finish it. Bam, healed. Now, we could say, we could leave there, and we're going back home thinking, Gloria's healed, and what am I going to do? Go say to people, well, yeah, I know you're dying, but God healed Gloria. You got to hear me now. Different way of thinking. You either quench talking about the glory and the power of God or you let it loose. And if you let it loose, you can't worry about what other people are thinking. You can't. There's got to be kind of a warlike attitude that says, I don't care what you think. I'm going to tell you what my God's done. And I'm going to tell it loudly and eloquently, logically and clearly, but I'm going to be loud when I do it. And maybe I can drive you to jealousy. My God, we don't, I don't even have time for that. But you know how the Jews are going to be saved in the latter day? You know how, why they're going to come back? Because they're going to be so blessed by their God blessing. They're going to be so made jealous by their God blessing you. That they're going to say, wait a minute. He's proclaiming my God being blessed. I'm jealous. Let me go see if I can't get some of what Abraham had and we lost between Abraham. So if you don't start opening your mouth to proclaim the blessings you received, nobody's jealous. That's a different sermon. Make them jealous out there. So... Uh, these are the generations of Jacob. Jacob being, Joseph being 17 years old, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah. 
his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons because he was the son of his old age. I understand that. And he made him a robe of many colors. And when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Joseph is in trouble. Why? Because he's a favorite son. Why? He was set up to be the favorite son. you got to hear it. When God puts His favor on you, He says, I, I just like that, John. Little Johnny, I just like him. I like that, Gloria. She's a sweet Gloria. But when He puts His favor on you, somebody else is going to get jealous. I could even say if you're really doing your job with God and nobody and nobody's jealous, well, if nobody's jealous, you may be not doing wow. your job Amen. with God. Whoops. Whoops. I knocked it off. I got so excited. I got water. You want to clean this up or it's just water? Let's not even worry about it. It's just water. Water, excuse me. Water. Water. We do betray ourselves in how we talk. So God's blessing on you will make other people jealous. Just go ahead. So all right, let's, let's go. So Joseph had a dream, it gets worse. Now Joseph had a dream. That is, God spoke to him. God still speaks in dreams. And some of you are having dreams, and they're real dreams because you're thinking about them and know them clearly months later. But you're not saying anything. You're not saying I had a dream. You're not asking for the interpretation. You're just letting those dreams sit there. You've been quenching the spirit. I'm, you know, you got to throw stuff out. You know, God wants to let the Word of God be in you like a rock you get to throw in somebody's still pond. I don't want your pond to stay calm and still. Uh Maybe just throw something out there. All right. It's a different message too. Joseph had a dream. Now Joseph had a dream. When he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Hear this dream that I've dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. And behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves, oh, your, your daughter, what's her name again? She's going to stand upright under this leadership gift. My heavens. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. Then later, a few verses later, then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and eleven stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And everybody was jealous. Now I've been, I've heard the polite sermon. You may have preached it, somebody. Joseph shouldn't have said anything. Joseph should have just quenched that dream down because he offended somebody and made them jealous. 
You think that's God? Don't you think? You know one of the reasons God gives a prophetic word? <clears throat> it's one of the main reasons. So that when it comes to pass, then everybody has to say, wait a minute, that was not Joseph. That was God. Joseph, when he saved all of Egypt, that wasn't Joseph. That was God because we had the dreams in the beginning authenticating what would happen later. Because the world, the world will say to you, oh man, aren't you lucky? I detest that word. I, detest, I think that's an anti-God word. There's nothing about my life lucky. Nothing. My, my. So, his father sends Joseph out to find his brothers and Joseph's wandering around the country trying to find them. And uh, he comes up on them and, and the boys see, the boys see Midianite traders passing by and they drew Joseph up. They had thrown him in the pit. They drew Joseph up and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. They took Joseph to Egypt. How did he get there? Word of God, destiny, <laughs> vision, prophetic dreams. <laughs> Hello. The Word of God when it comes to you. At the end of this meeting, I'm going to ask you to stand up and say, God, just tell me to do something, and I'll do it. Just tell me to do something. you got to understand, when you do that, He's going to tell you to do something. And I hear the angels in heaven. Well, I have this thing. I hear these angels all the time. I said to God early on, I said, I was, I was sick of doing things myself. Couldn't stand it. Couldn't stand myself. And uh, I was saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I said to God, sort of stand my foot one night, just tell me to do something and I'll do it. And that's a good prayer. That's, that ought to cover about 50 years of your life. <laughs> you give up your career, give up what you want to happen, give up where you're going to live, what you're going to do, what you're going to say, you give it all up. God, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And I could hear, uh, now I, I could hear the angel saying, God did a great mighty God of the ages. Did you hear Cotton? He just said, whatever you tell him to do, he's going to do. What are you going to tell him? And I see God say, I don't know. What do you think? Well, let's tell him something that's going to get him in trouble. I told this to God, and I had uh, I, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I, I had just been elected the chairman of the board of the Methodist Church. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Abby, Abby, and so all of a sudden I'm, I'm I go from being an unsaved lawyer to being baptized in the Holy Ghost, uh, radical, just nuts who said to God, tell me to do something. So we were getting ready to vote, and the Methodists had the big, about 40 people in there, and, you know, it's Methodist church. Uh, we were getting ready to do something, and, and they were talking about to have we got enough money, and 
I say, wait a minute. Just full of the Spirit. But I, now I know the angels were falling over themselves laughing. <laughs> wait a minute. Just if God wants us to do it, He'll give us some money. The question is not do we have any money. The question is does God want us to do it? That's the way we make decisions now in the kingdom. And 40 miles went. I was in trouble right then. I was in trouble. But see, when the vision and the destiny and the Word of God begins to work in you at your invitation, it's going to mess up your life. It's just going to do it. And I don't have any sympathy for you when it does. Because <laughs> it's going to. And God's going to poof. He's going to find a way to bust your bubble and knock the air out of your system and where you thought you were smart or thought you knew what to do or good looking or athletic or whatever it is. God's going to poof. All right. So, uh, now, so Joseph is down in Egypt and he gets put on the uh, slave block. Y'all been down to Fayetteville? Anybody here been down to the slave market downtown Fayetteville? I'm the only one? No, okay. They keep trying, the, the polite political people want to tear it down. I keep saying, oh, no, no. Leave that market up there. People need to be reminded that your ancestors were brought up the street from the Cape Fear dock and sold up there like, oh, like cattle. That happened to Joseph. The Word of God got him there. <clears throat> He's thinking, how in the world? Now, Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. Now see, no matter what else is happening, the blessing of God and the Word of God over you doesn't diminish, it doesn't abate, it doesn't become defective, it does not have a shelf life, it is eternal, continual, and always expanding. It is, the Word of God in you is always growing. And of the increase and of the kingdom and of the increase of His power, there will be no end, God said to the prophet Isaiah. Of the increase of His power, there will be no end. So when the Word of God is put in you, when the destiny of God is revealed in you, it begins something small maybe, un can't even figure out what it is. What is it? What happened to me? But it begins to grow and it never stops. And Joseph has now been taken by the Arab uh, slavers down to Egypt and bought by Potiphar, one of the officials of Pharaoh. But even in that place, everything he touches turns to gold. Wow, you need to hear this. I'm going somewhere. All right. 
you know, just because you had ancestors who were slaves doesn't mean a thing about whether the a power and destiny of God in you is, is stunted or crippled. That's right. That's right. You are just like Joseph. You are called, the, the promise of God in you is growing. The promise of God among African-American former ancestors of slaves is growing and it is not diminishing. It's not getting smaller. Right. It is growing and yeah. it will make you effective like Joseph in this place. Amen. Now, I got, I got more to say. Don't get mad at me. Now, after this, you think this would be great, but it just attracted additional attention, including false accusation. He was accused of false accusation. He ends up in prison on false accusation. Does that sound familiar to anybody in this place? Becomes a tool. To control. Don't get mad at me. Oh, where am I in the Bible, you mean? Uh, I'm in the Bible. I'm in 39. <laughs> well, she's not always sure. <clears throat> I'm in, excuse me, I'm in chapter 39, 23. Please note that one of the most peculiar things, and is the one that drew my attention to Joseph, is this thing starts from Genesis 37 and goes all the way to 50. But he is not in the genealogy of Jesus. His brother Judah was. So this is all these chapters devoted in Genesis to someone who was not in the direct genealogy of Jesus. Very curious. Worth being read over and over again. All right, so we go on. Joseph ends up in prison, but he's still blessed. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. Even under false accusation, false imprisonment, denial of every right he's got, still the blessing of God cannot be deterred or stopped. It will grow and it will take over wherever it is. It will take it over. One of the marks of men and women of God is they can go into some dysfunctional corporate atmosphere. And you don't have to fix it. You just start being yourself and the blessing rolling down on you every Monday morning at 9 a.m. The blessing rolling down over you that's on your face begins to change people around you. Except for that one sister over there who gets jealous and can't stand you because she can't stand the smell of the kingdom on you. So, then we have the dreams in prison of the cupbearer and the baker who were both in prison. And they have dreams. Joseph interprets those dreams. And he says, now boys, well, to the baker it wasn't a good interpretation. He was going to have his head lifted off. Uh, but for the cupbearer, it was good. He was going to go back to work for Pharaoh. And Joseph says, now remember me. When you get what you know, it's going to come to bed. Remember me. He doesn't. He forgets him for two years. But then the Pharaoh now, now, now Pharaoh has two dreams, and they finally get Joseph in there. They have to clean him up. They had to shave him because the Egyptians couldn't stand Jews. They couldn't stand hair 
They couldn't stand it. They wouldn't eat with the Jews. And of course, Jews, if you're a guy, Jewish guy, you don't cut your hair. It grows out of every, out of your ears. And, uh, well, it does. I'm sorry. It does. They had to shave him and clean him up. He finally get him in in front of Pharaoh, probably looking like an Egyptian. So he's probably shaved all the way and all the hair off of his body has been shaved. And um, <clears throat> he tells Pharaoh, well, you had two dreams. That means it's going to come to pass no matter what. How did he know that? He had two dreams. Back before his brothers even got mad at him came to pass God used that to teach him so when his time came in front of Pharaoh he knew what to do isn't that cool God uses the stuff in your life that you can't figure out just wait long enough and you're going to go oh that happened to me I know what here you know what that is you're going to everything God's not wasting any one of the imponderable quizzical moments of your life sooner or later it's going to make sense just wait long enough. Uh, I've been waiting long enough. And it comes to pass. That's why I like being over 70. <clears throat> so then Joseph finally has the reveal with his brothers. This is in Genesis 45. So Joseph said to his brothers, come near to me, please. So they, they've gone through all this stuff. They've come down for food because the famine happened. You, re, you know the story. The famine happened. It was prophesied by Pharaoh, interpreted by Joseph. The famine happened, and Joseph is the guy that knew what to do, and Pharaoh put him in charge of everything except for the matters of the throne. So he was over everybody, even Pharaoh, except for the matters of the throne. And the boys have to come down from Judah because they got no food up there. God let the famine, ex- he did them the favor of letting the famine extend up there. They come down and Joseph's messing with them. He's just messing with them. It's... So finally he has the reveal. He tells him. So Joseph said to his brothers, come near to me please. They came near and he said, I'm your brother Joseph whom you sold into Egypt. And I know some of them are maybe having just leave and go to the bathroom. or. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm sorry. Y'all don't, y'all don't read the Bible that way, I'm sure. I do. I just, roll, I just roll in laughter. Now, do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. Here we go. You ready? For God sent me before you to preserve life. Whoa. It's right there. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. this, This message began for me uh I'm a white guy from North Carolina. My family never owned slaves. But if Potiphar was standing here, the rich guy that had the money to buy Joseph, I'd I'd have been somewhere hanging around looking like him. 
And uh, God said to me, what do you think Potiphar felt when he had to go get in line to get his allotment of food from his former slave that he falsely accused? Joseph. See, they were all having to go to the storehouses and get grain from Joseph. And God said to me, and it's, like, it's the way God speaks to me. He's just going along. Hum, hum, hum. Not, he doesn't say anything like, I want to talk to you about something serious. Hum, hum, hum. Hey, Michael. Yes, Lord. What do you think Potiphar felt like when he had to go get that grain from Joseph? Sooner or later, God's going to make the world eat out of your blessing. You have to understand the way God works is He'll take the weak things, the former slaves, He'll take women. And He'll make the rest of us come and eat from your hand. My wife going down the road one day, she was fighting through all, fighting, I mean fighting, through all this stuff about men and women and what women can't do. Everybody, everybody wants to tell a woman what she can't do in church. Right, right. <clears throat> Sorry. And she says, fine, I've been told all the reasons what I can't do. But who am I and what can I do? She wrote a book about it. But she was going around the road one day and I was driving doing the man thing because men drive. <laughs> She's there and she says, in my weakness I'm made strong. I said, yes, honey, you are. Bless your heart, you are. <laughs> oh, Michael, you don't understand. When you get with God, you've got to get over all of your strength your pride, your uh, confidence. You've got to get over all of that. <laughs> Honey, I've got a leg up on you because I started out weak. <laughs> Come on down the road. Well, I used to wonder when I was a lawyer, when I was... I was I would settle so many estates, people die. You know, some, some guy came to me and said, Lawyer Cotton, uh, if I die, I want a will. I said, what? <laughs> if you die. <laughs> <laughs> and I noticed that the great majority of time, 80% of the time, it was the man that died first, not and the woman who outlived him. And I had had brothers telling me that the woman is the weaker vessel. That they don't put things on her because she's the weaker vessel. And I'm going, and the Holy Spirit once again, da, 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 da. Hey, Michael, is, is the one who lives the longest the strongest? <laughs> so, uh, out of a woman's weakness, and all that weakness means is that I can knock her down before she knocks me down. 
That's all it means. It's not moral. It's, it's not about character. It's not about intelligence. Just about I'm physically bigger. I can knock it down. I can yell you down too because my voice is meaner. That's all it means. But we learn that God chooses the weak to confound the wise. And so listen, He chooses the sons and daughters of slaves to confound the wise and He will use you to confound the wise in this country. And He will give you a preaching voice. He will give you an anointing in your preaching that is greater than the white guy down the street. And you've got to accept it. You've got to be able to walk in the blessing that God has given you. And you've paid a price. And since you've paid such a price in being dispossessed from your homeland, sold down the river by your home people, used and abused and falsely accused like Joseph was in Potiphar's house, since you have paid such a great price, stand up in your blessing and begin to speak. And the sons of Potiphar, like me, will go, cool, let's go stand in line and get something from Joseph. So this word is not about getting even. It's not about getting justice. It's not about fairness. It's not about any of that stuff. It's about the destiny and call of God on your life. And God says, stand up like Joseph's army because that nothing else until you do that and begin to speak the words God has given you. Sister, you must speak the words God has given you. I know I'm picking on you, but I know there are about 12 more people out here just like you right now. And I, so I'm sort of glancing shots at them too, just, just so they know. You, until you stand up and begin to speak redemption. Now, let me read you this last thing. All right. It's a heavy word. So uh, then Jacob's, uh, Joseph's father, Jacob, dies. And he had come down to Egypt to live with his son because that's where the food was. And, um, and Joseph was the second most powerful man in the world. And you know, in the process of this, Pharaoh became the owner of everything in Egypt, including all the people, all the cattle, everything, all the land, everything was his. And it was put in the law from then on that everything that was made in Egypt, 20% went to Pharaoh. Just off the top. He got 20%. But it'd still be cheaper than having to pay the federal government taxes. Right. It would have been cheaper living in Egypt. All right. God forgive me. I, I just threw in a complaint about taxes, didn't I? And I made it sound religious. All right. So Genesis 50, 19 through 21. But Joseph said to them, do not fear. That's right. This is after Jacob had died and the, the guys were afraid Joseph was going to kill them all. That is, the boys still didn't understand. They were just jerks. I'm sorry. I repent for that. 
The Bible doesn't say they were jerks. Uh, but Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for I'm, am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me. To every slave owner, traitor, you meant evil against me. Your great, great, great granddaddy meant evil against me. But God meant it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Well, listen, the anointing and the call on your lives. You need to rise up in it and begin to speak like Joseph. Get rid of all this mess and begin to speak redemption. And not only that, but God's going to feed them out of your hand. That says to me there's going to be success in the marketplace. There's going to be money coming, success in the marketplace. Crazy ideas that make money. Crazy ideas for new businesses that make money. Are there any business people in this room? Would you all stand up? Just stand up for a minute. Well, there are some white people, but we're going to let you have a splash over. It's going to splash over. I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. So listen, you're called to be uh, people whose hands fill with money and blessing to feed other people. Now, some of this is money. You start a business, you employ one person, you're supporting like five people, the people in that family. It's an extraordinary thing what business does. This is not just about business. It's about feeding this nation what it needs in terms of righteousness purity, uh, a clear understanding of who God is, not being false, not lying, but being true, all those things, all of that's part of this. So you're, you're all business owners? You're all doing something in business? All right, so can I just speak over you uh, that God would double your gross in 10 months? All right, you need it. All right, well, would you come up here? Uh, double your gross in 10 months. That, and I say it that way, that's easy to count. You just look at your bottom line, not net, just double your gross. That's the way you have to think. Because I want to make some more money. I need more money coming in. I need more money coming in. He didn't want to call out. All right. All right, so this is real. Either God does these things or He's not who He says He is. Either God does these things or He's not who He says He is. Don't just pray, oh Lord, make my business better. Shoot a prayer that says double my gross, triple my gross. Uh, we, I've been prophesying quadruple gross in 18 months over businesses right and left. I just felt like to go with a uh, a double gross in 10 months but if you want to make it a quadruple gross in 18 months that's up to you more money you make the more people you feed yes. 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 alright 
government can't keep up with anointed business people. Governments, governments, they don't know what they're doing, but anointed business people feed people. Double your gross in 10 months. We ask for this. God, we ask for supernatural business coming in. Lord, just out of the blue, contacts, uh, just business coming in, requests, uh, jobs working, uh, everything coming together. And for this man to be busy, so busy in 10 months, he's in trouble because <laughs> he's just so busy. Lord, we ask for that. Money to do everything he needs to do. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Right. Y'all all agree? Double your gross in 10 months. Amen? Amen. All right. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina, 28079, or on the web, c3churchnc.org, or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org.